Compassion, trust, courage, innovation. The values of Temecula Valley Hospital. We proudly present TVH Health Chat. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome. Today we're talking about GERD, Barrett's esophagus, hiatal hernia, and esophageal cancer. This is a big show. And my guest is Dr. Indranil Chakrabarty. He's a gastroenterologist and interventional endoscopist and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Dr. Chakrabarty, as I said, this is a big topic, a lot to cover, but let's start with GERD. Tell us a little bit about the prevalence of GERD and how it relates to Barrett's esophagus, hiatal hernia, and esophageal cancer. Yes, uh, GERD is a big epidemic in the United States, mostly because of uh, people gaining weight, obesity, um, not eating correctly, all the uh, fast food. Um, all these things basically cause the valve, um, the junction of the esophageal sphincter to loosen. And as it loosens, the acid can come back up easily and cause reflux. Um, and this acid content is a pH of 1. It's very caustic. Your stomach makes a pH of 1 to help destroy bacteria. It's its first line of defense against food. But when the acid is in a place where it's not controlled, such as an esophagus, then you get various symptoms. Uh, including heartburn, which is the most common, but people get atypical symptoms too, which is food getting stuck. Uh, they may get uh, a sensation of a lump in the throat. They may uh, lay down at night and the acid goes down their airway. They start coughing. They can even eventually end up with asthma from it. They may even lose their voice and get hoarseness only. Uh, or some people just have severe chest pain where they feel like they're having a heart attack and it's actually reflux. Um, other people may feel like food is getting stuck um, in their throat. And, uh, and then they're seeking help for it. Um, in the long run, this can cause damage to the esophagus. And uh, that damage is caused by the acid destroying the cells in the lining of the esophagus. So now you've got cells are dying and regenerating, you know, as you, as you get exposed to the acid. And eventually that um, causes more increased DNA replication. That DNA replication can cause mutations uh, if you ha- you know, as you're replicating in a caustic environment. And eventually that leads to precancerous conditions called Barrett's esophagus. So then tell me how we can find out about these things. We have endoscopy, obviously. Do you think that like colonoscopy, there should be considered a well-visit, sort of a preventive screening? Does it work the same way, Dr. Chakrabarty, where we can look to see Barrett's? I just myself had an endoscopy to check for Barrett's. Because, of, because I talk for a living, but do you think that we should have this as a screening tool to kind of put all these things together? Yes, there, there are recommendations for who should be screened and who, who do not need screening. Uh, typically, if you've had reflux symptoms for greater than five years, you should definitely be screened for Barrett's esophagus, uh, especially if you're the age, over the age of 50 um, and you're having uh, reflux symptoms or heartburn symptoms, you should get an endoscopy done. Some people have silent reflux, they don't realize it, and that's why at the age of 50, there's a little uh, less threshold. So then let's talk about how these go together and the treatment options that could prevent it. So if someone knows that they have GERD, heartburn, reflux, can the treatments that they might try, whether they are proton pump inhibitors or H2 receptor blockers or antacid, whatever they try, can that then help to prevent Barrett's? The thought is uh, when you block the acid and you have good, strong acid control, um, there should be less damage in the lining of the esophagus. And that should help control, uh, you know, or prevent you from getting Barrett's if you don't have it. But if you already have Barrett's, 
um, that has taken hold, um, the suppression of the acid would help prevent it from progressing. Now, there's different degrees of Barrett's. There's Barrett's without dysplasia, there's Barrett's with intermittent dysplasia, and then there's high-grade dysplasia. And these dysplasia is just markers of how um, far along the Barrett's is before it becomes esophageal cancer. Uh, So we do the biopsy to see under the microscope if you have no dysplasia or high-grade or intermediate, uh, and they all all have different risks. Uh, If you have no dysplasia, your risk is pretty low. It's 2.9% over 10 years. If you have high-grade dysplasia, it's 10% per year, which is significantly more for esophageal cancer. And there's new modalities now to to get rid of the Barrett's. So, um, you know, if you have high-grade dysplasia, then we recommend getting an ablation done, uh, burning this tissue down to the stem cells, and it regenerates new tissue and normalizes the lining. So while we know that Barrett's itself is a risk for esophageal cancer, GERD if treated, maybe not so much so. Where does hiatal hernia fit into this? Tell the listeners what that is. Yeah, so hiatal hernia is, is a loosened valve, um, usually because of uh, uh, the diaphragm basically separates your chest and abdomen, and there's a hole in the middle where the esophagus goes through and connects to the stomach right at that junction of the diaphragm. Um, and combined, the diaphragm on the outside works with the, the sphincter on the inside um, to kind of support and keep that valve tight. Now, as people get older, um, if they gain weight, uh, the uh, diaphragm gets stretched and that hole gets wider, and now it's not supporting as much from the outside. And the stomach slides inside a little bit, and you basically have a valve that's loose, and the acid can come up real easy. Um, patients will especially uh, feel this when they bend over or they lay flat. They may feel things coming up into their chest more frequently. Uh, the other causes for hiatal hernia could be genetic. Um, some people just, uh, their valves uh, widen up and loosen up. Others are because of numerous pregnancies. Uh, you know, as babies push up onto the to the stomach, um, into the diaphragm area, it stretches the valve there. Um, those are the most common reasons for hiatal hernia. But the hiatal hernia allows you to get increased exposure from acid and uh, often can lead to people to get Barrett's esophagus uh, because... They've been having reflux for a long time. So what would you like listeners to know about these conditions and when you feel it's important that they see a gastroenterologist to look and explore at treatment options? So if you're someone who's had reflux symptoms more than once or twice a week uh, <clears throat> and it's going on for a long time, definitely go seek help. Um, see your primary care doctor or if you have access to a gastroenterologist, see your gastroenterologist. Uh, you definitely want to make sure it's under control. Um, if, if it starts happening more than five years, then you definitely need an endoscopy to rule out Barrett's esophagus. If you're over the age of 50 um, and you have symptoms of reflux, you should just get checked out anyways to make sure you're not Barrett's. Um, because it is, it is a preventable disease now, now that we have ablation techniques to get rid of the Barrett's and prevent esophageal cancer. And if you have a hiatal hernia, uh, depending on the size, there's different modalities to fix the hernia as well and then uh, also get you off medications. These medications are... Overall, fairly safe, but the proton pump inhibitors, uh, uh, medicines like Protonix, Nexium, Prilosec, Dexalent, you probably heard of these. They're uh, really strong antacids, and the main side effect with them is they block your ability to absorb calcium well. And um, especially in women, we worry about osteoporosis or getting bone fractures from weakened bones from lack of calcium absorption. Many people will decide to do a hydrogen repair, especially if they have signs of osteoporosis. Because uh, getting hip fracture can obviously be very debilitating. Um, but this is more of an issue in uh, our patients who are over the age of 50 to 60 um, as far as osteoporosis goes.
younger patients, they do very well with these medications. So as we're looking at these treatment options, are some of them, then they make it so that you don't have to take medication afterwards? Correct. So if you get a hiatal hernia repair, um, typically most people can get off their medication. Uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're still on the medication, then uh, the hiatal hernia repair probably was not successful. And what about some of the treatment options you mentioned a little bit about for Barrett's and for even GERD? There are some options out there now for interventional procedures. Just give us a quick summary of that and what they would do for somebody. There are some uh, uh, treatment modalities for GERD. Uh, the main uh, therapy is obviously the medications, antacids. Um, the medicines such as Zantac and Famotidine, these are the H2 class blockers. They're not as strong typically, but if they work, then, you know, that's great. They, they work, but uh, typically they don't work as well. We have to put them on these proton pump inhibitors. Um, <clears throat> but then if you do have a hiatal hernia, um, and there are different sizes of hiatal hernias. There's, uh, you know, if you have one centimeter or two, two centimeter, there is a new modality called a Lynx procedure, which is a band of magnets they can put around the esophagus and the sphincter there, and that helps tighten the valve without needing a, a major surgery, which is a little bit different. It's called a laparoscopic Niesenfund duplication, where they take part of the stomach and wrap it. <clears throat> That's more involved surgery, usually usually reserved for her, her larger hernias um, that are bigger than two, two centimeters up to like 10 centimeters. Uh, so those work pretty well. Um, the uh, Lynx procedure, which is the magnets, uh, is really nice because it's removable and, um, uh, and it's all now MRI compatible. It's also, you know, scan, you know, if you go through the airport, it's all compatible with that kind of equipment. Um, but the uh, laparoscopic knees implantation works very well for large hernias, but there is a 25% chance of it becoming undone and your reflux coming back after two, three years. So interesting. And so many people suffer from these. Dr. Chakrabarty, wrap it up for us. What would you like the listeners to know about GERD? the prevalence of it, and then the associated Barrett's hiatal hernia and or esophageal cancer, and how can we prevent this from happening? So GERD affects at least one in three Americans. Uh, esophageal cancer is one of the fastest-growing cancers because of this GERD issue. <clears throat> um, it used to be ranked uh, like 15th. Now I believe it's ranked number 11 uh, in the country. Uh, it's rapidly rising because many people don't realize that chronic GERD can lead to esophageal cancer. Uh, if you're taking Tums all the time or Maalox uh, or over-the-counter medication and have not uh, seeked professional attention to, to your reflux symptoms, I suggest that you go and get checked out for proper evaluation uh, because it can be completely prevented now with these new uh, techniques and, uh, and an endoscopy. So interesting. Thank you so much, doctor, for joining us today and sharing your incredible expertise in this area. Thank you again. And that wraps up another episode of TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. Head on over to our website at TemeculaValleyHospital.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. If you found this podcast informative, please share on your social media and be sure to check out all the other fascinating podcasts in our library. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. Until next time, this is Melanie Cole.